you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Now. My name is Ishmael, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, but also changing the narrative about the thing I care about. And today, what I care about is just being there, just being present in children's life, um, being a a beacon of hope for children's life. And my special guest today is doing that. My special guest, Ole, he's a humanitarian guru. Also, he's a part of uh, Be Man, is an advocacy group to help kids, uh, um, uh, to help young men become men uh, out of Nigeria. Ole, how you doing, brother? Yeah, good, Ishmael. Glad to be here. My Thank you. I can't wait. Founder of Boys Mentoring Advocacy Network. And uh, I love to be called the humanitarian group. And you are. Yeah, and you uh, are, man. I believe we are all one from the same source. And uh, we are called differently for different purposes. And it's my pleasure to join you from Nigeria. And no, thank you. no, thank you for joining on, man, because I just feel like we are connected. We are connected uh-huh. when it comes to the human race. And we have to just be there for each other and somehow in some capacity. Uh, but um, but my, uh, my next question is that I always ask all my guests on the podcast because I feel like as men, we have to be vulnerable. Uh, yeah. We have to share our truths, uh, whether if it's uh, good or bad. How's your heart at this moment? My heart? How's your heart at this moment? Yes. Well, my heart is peaceful uh, because one thing I believe in this, uh, I believe in my peace of mind and second, my personal legacy. My personal peace and my personal legacy are the two most priority things for me in life. And anything that I want to jeopardize or truncate my personal peace, I try as much as possible to avoid it no matter what it involves. Then my personal legacy is what's if that good deed I want to engage in and when I pass on people can write about it or continue with it. And what is that good book I can write that people can read even when I'm out of here? So from that point of view I would say my heart is at peace. Then second uh, thirdly um, I believe gratitude changes everything. 
gratitude changes everything. Uh, I can see you. I'm grateful. I can speak. And you can hear me. I'm grateful. I have water running in my house. I'm grateful. I have food to eat right now. I am grateful. And I have a shirt on my back. So, <laughs> brother. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of need to see that. Very, very grateful. From that point of view, I'm grateful. And my heart is grateful. Gratitude. And, and talk about where did you learn that level of gratefulness? Because we live in this um, age where we've, we kind of lose touch about appreciating the simple things of life. So where did you learn this, 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 this rare trait of gratefulness? You see, I, I, I think it was uh, through personal discovery. Because over time, I, I was anxious about life and very ambitious. But when I had a shift from ambition to meaning, and I realized that what is gratitude, uh, I love the work of Ekatole, if you know Ekatole very well. And in one of his videos, he said, gratitude means acknowledging the good in your life right now. So when, I, when my mind shifts to things that I do not have, or I kind of go into the it kind of bring some suffering from my imagination because perhaps I was lacking anything, I will immediately contemplate on the good in my life right now. And that gets me to that place of gratitude, which is where I need to be in the moment, in the present. And that's that's how I learned this. Because for me, if I had that, oh, Somebody asked or taught me to be grateful and all of that. It was just like a personal journey. And I I look at life that if you are grateful, you know, you it, it it reduces stress. Because when life stresses you, you know, when you are stressed in life, it's gratitude that reduces the pressure. Because you can look back, you can look around and there's a whole lot of things to be grateful for. Even if I had no food to eat. But the fact that I'm still breathing, I'm unconscious of my breath. I become very grateful at that point. And I think that's important for people that's listening to the podcast is that it kind of, when you come to that perspective, you see the world in this landscape, then in a small view, you know? Absolutely. You see things in certain perspective, because you're in a place where at the end of the day, you have nothing to worry about at that time. Yeah. You know, cause we live in a, a, a civilization where we're always worried about things, you know, you know, especially with what's going on in Ukraine, you, you know, you still have the pandemic and things like that, but it also helps you control what you can control. Yeah. Cause you can't control what happens outside the world. But in in your world, you can control that. That's true. And and being grateful and being gratitude kind of puts you into that place of being humble, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being humble. And I love what you're doing with your organization of 
you know, you come from this place of helping because that gives you that sense of gratitude because you're in a place where you're able to help. Yeah. So, so just talk about what you're doing with the organization, be mad, and then also talk about the literacy program. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Ishmael. Let me let me explain a big background into how Biman came into existence. Uh, precisely, I've been working with children since 2007. Uh, I was then uh, elementary school administrator, private school in Nigeria. And aside of what was being taught in the classroom, I observed that there are some principles that are not entrenched in the curriculum, like the success principles. So I ran into this show because I'm, I'm, I'm a bookworm. I read, I can read minimum 52 books a year thereby. So I ran into these bookshops and I saw this book written by Jack Confident titled Success Principles. So I look at it, but I couldn't afford it. So I had to save two weeks of my lunch allowance to be able to purchase the book. So after two weeks, I bought the book. Believe me, I read that book within, I mean, 18 to 24 hours. I just locked myself in the room. Until I was done with the book, I didn't come out. I got a place where Jack requested his readers to help start a movement with the book. So I said, wow, I got these kids around me. So I'm going to get these principles to their level, and I started teaching them these principles. Then I started an organization then, wasn't registered, called Success for Kids Seminars in 2007. I did that till 2014, so I had to move to a high school. So when I was in the high school, I was the I work as the admin officer in that high school. And there was this day, a mother brought her son to me. And she told me that this boy had been out of school because his husband was sacked from work and it affected their income. So, what I could do was to let the boy come in based on my commission or my entitlement from the school. Whatever is coming for me, I'm going to invest in the education of this boy. So I took up the responsibility to assist this young boy. But each man, two weeks after enrollment into the school, he was caught to have stolen from his classmate, from money. And the law says whoever was caught stealing is an automatic expulsion from the school. So I couldn't change the law, uh, but what can I do? So, and coincidentally, for a very long time, the father had not come home. But that mo the moment that incident happened, the father was available. So I put a call to the mom and it was the father that got to my office first. You are into the dust stuff. 
You can imagine a man in his 50s just woke up to you in 2017 and knelt down in your office. Sir, my son has not stolen. I have stolen because I have neglected him. I went searching for job. I couldn't get any. And I couldn't come home because I don't have resources to bring to them. So I stayed away in times of kind of like to cover a shame. Because there was no any means for him to be empowered. So I went to the management board. I'm going to appeal on behalf of this board that instead of giving him an expulsion, I want us to suspend him for two weeks. And that two weeks, I'll be working every day with him. So I did find out that his childhood life, he had virtually everything. Butter on the table, good meal to eat, started well with a very fantastic education. All of these things disappeared and nobody could explain to this young boy how this thing happens. Right. So, but you see how this kind of, you know, I had this lifestyle when I was growing up, like from zero to eight. Now I'm 11, 12, and it seems it's the opposite. So I interviewed the boy and told me when he was left at home, left alone at home, and his parents took him to a public school. He meets up with some other guys, and he was into gang of guys that go pickpockets, you know, yeah. from other people. And that's where it all started. So I got these good bombs on me that, wow, because your father was not available, this is what has led you to? Right. How can I help? So I put a pen and paper together and I wrote to everybody who had a son in that school that every Friday henceforth, I'll be running a mentoring program for all the boys. And that was what gave way to Boys Mentoring Advocacy Network. So, you know, like the serendipity, I find my calling. So when I got that, and this is something I love to do, I ran the day. And I, I left that to make sure that every boy there has a positive developmental role model in their lives. Because when you have good role models, lives become something they aspire to, with kind of exemplary, uh, let me say, interventions. You know, we have interventions that bring good examples to them. So, and since that 2017, we've done a massive work. So now we are at the point of where we're running a literacy project for boys who cannot read between the age of seven to 12. You experienced that today, Alex. You saw the videos, you saw that. There are much, much more than that. But you know, because of the current situation in Nigeria, uh, most of them, because of logistics of movements, they weren't available. They are much more than that. And the idea is like what Barack Obama said, President Barack Obama said, literacy is the currency of the knowledge economy. Yeah. Uh, if you talk about if you now say this is a currency and when someone or a child is not having this currency how does he navigate the knowledge economy so i need to surprise you that about 87 percent of kids in our public schools they can't even read at the appropriate level they can't comprehend 
And sometimes for the boys, when they can't do that, it becomes like a shame when they drop out of school. So, but if we have an intervention space where they can come to and get re-equipped or acquire these literacy skills, I believe it's going to shape their life and they're going to acquire this necessary currency that will take them places in life. And, and I think it's, and it's important too, um, but also what are some of the key principles that you you learned from that book that you apply to what you're doing now? What are some of the key principles? Well, in summary, I, I think I, I came up with the philosophy from the book and the book written by John Maxwell, Put Your Dream to Test. So I recommend those two books, Success Principles and Put Your Dream to Test. The Success Principles, there are lots you could gain from that. You understand? You know, there's a lot, about 60, 60 something principles in there. But when you look at them, I think I've even written it. I've really got an idea to write a book from there. That's best advice ever received, which I put together. It's on Amazon, and uh, you can read that. I could send a copy to you. Yeah. So you can. So the idea is that now, One, if you look at all what the religions of the world tend to teach us, it boils down to one thing, how to live, I mean, L-I-V-E. Huh. So I think that book gave me an insight to ask myself, how do I live? Why do I live? Which I have adopted into the principle or the core ethics of B-Man, Boys Mentoring Advocacy Network. And I do, when I did ask myself, why do I live? How do I live? Why I live? I live to ensure that children understand how to live. Mm. Then for me to do that, I have to find out how do I want to live my life. So I came up with an anagram for the word L-I-V-E. And it's very simple. The first letter of live is L. If you take across religion, love is a fundamental principle that is being taught across all religion. So I need to love others. So it gets me to the place of understanding that love is like the sunshine. It shines on everyone, whether you're black, white, brown, whatever. Love is that sunshine that we all feel. So when you love, people will feel you like the sunshine. So the first thing I came up with, my life must be loving and I must give love for others. 
So that equally brings me to self-love. I need to be self-loving to be able to give love to others. So loving others is primarily why we are here. And I cannot penetrate into your heart without the expression of love for you. And that love is what I use to penetrate to to humanity. That is why I'm here. To spread love to my brothers and sisters everywhere in the world. And the next letter in the word live, you get the I, isn't it? Now, that is to inspire others. Mm. You know, the word inspire, I think it's a Latin word, inspire, it comes from that, that word. It means you get into a place and ev- everything looks like a step. And the moment you get in there, life is back there. So you bring life into a dying situation or a dying experience. And I love the way Les Brown put it. He said, I aspire to inspire till I aspire. So your life here was inspiring. Yes. So that's the key. Your life was the very Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So if your life is not inspiring others, at that point you're already inspired from life. You got into your aspiring date. So it takes us to the next letter, which is V. But yeah, I want to talk about the I, because that's the one thing that's cool about the word inspiration. Like you were saying, is the Latin root for inspiration is to breathe. Is when you you breathe, you breathe into existence. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you breathe, you know, you breathe. Yeah. And inspire other people, but yeah, man, keep on preaching. Pre- keep on preaching. Let's go to the next letter, brother. <laughs> you know, so you 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 are the life. Once you breathe, you know, into existence. And you know, one thing is that the, the plants breathe, like we breathe. So yep. it's it's something that that uh, stands you out from existence. You know, existence simply means to stand out. Yes. The trees, see trees from different places. Oh, that is a colonel tree. It stands out. That's a palm tree. It stands yeah. out. It shows their existence. Yes. So when your life becomes inspiring, you stand out from other people. That's what it means. So the next letter is V. Now, I must create value and value others. When you look at everything in the world, whether services, they are adding value to humanity, or you create values that advance humanity. Everything you see, the internet I'm using to speak with you now is a value creation. The clothes I'm putting on is adding value to my body. 
The seat I'm sitting on is providing value so that it can be comfortable. So we all are here to create value. If, and we have different areas of life that we're going to create this value. Yeah. So if your life is not creating value and your life is not adding value, then you have come to rob humanity. You are a robot. Yep. <laughs> You've no. done the greatest robbery to humanity. Yeah. So every day I ask myself, what value am I going to create today? Yeah. What value am I going to add today? I need to add value to my brother Ishmael. You need to add value to what I do. Yeah. Every one of us, that's why we're here. And what is adding value? Advancing humanity. You are here to advance humanity. Make it better than the way you met it. And I think that's powerful too, because depending on how you phrase a question to somebody that you meet, um, I like the idea of how can I add value to your existence? Exactly. Because that changed the dynamic of the relationship with someone. Absolutely. We all bring value to someone, whether Absolutely. you whether you believe it or not, we all do. It's, yeah. it's a learning lesson, and whether it's uh, negative or positive, is it brings something to you that puts you in a better visual perspective going on. Yeah, I agree with you absolutely. So I'm 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 creating my value in terms. Of, okay, I live for children. When I add value to the life of children, I add value to my community. So I'm I'm successful. You understand? It's when you add value, you become successful. And what is success for me yeah. is to being able to be useful for somebody every day. That's success. Yeah. That's the simple way you add value to people. Just become useful to somebody a day. Yeah. The businesses we talk about, they are just providing something, services that are useful to you today. Yeah. And that's, that's what gives them returns or reward for whatever they offer or yeah. they have added value to humanity. So I think from adding value, we can redefine our success definition. Saying that being yeah. useful to somebody every day, just find one person and be useful. You've added value for that day. And what you're doing so amazing was, you know, especially I got the opportunity to talk to the, uh, the children later on today, later uh, earlier today, was just uh, you're you're bringing value to their future, which unfortunately is lacking in our generation, it's like, uh, especially here in the States, is that we're not adding value to their future. We're, we're, what we're doing now is we're uh, preparing for things that may not exist 20, 30 years ago. And what you're doing is, I see yourself as a visionary, yeah. I see you as, you, as a person that you're seeing that the dynamic of the world will be changing. And what you're trying to do with your program is prepare these kids for 20, 30 years from now. But let's go to the last letter. Yeah. <laughs> so the last, the last, yeah, the last letter. <laughs> yeah, but the, the last letter there is, is E and simply means you need to educate others. I think there's this Chinese proverbs or I don't know is that if you are planting for 
if you are planning for a year, you plant a corn. If you are planning for 10 years, you can plant a tree. But if you are planning for a lifetime, educate children and educate others. So educating others is helping them to dig out or bring out the potential that they don't know they got in there. And they use that potential to develop an economic self-sufficiency for themselves that brings opportunities for them and help them to live a fulfilled life. Education is the progressive discovery of each and everyone's ignorance. You're able to help them to discover their ignorance to the point where they can see, yes, I am God's light. I am the light right now. That is that level of the work we do. That is, for me, why I'm here. To love, to inspire, to add value, value creation, and to educate everyone that comes my way. I should be able to leave a deposit of the knowledge that the universe has endowed me with, that I've given the opportunity to have access to, or have acquired and share with others. Because no family can truly develop unless their children are educated. And, and, and I love it because you just gave a mathematical equation on, on happiness. <laughs> and that goes back to the stem like we were talking about earlier that you know you put those those uh those word those letters together that is equals happiness yeah yeah sure yeah it's equals happiness because you now leave because a lot of the things you generate them from within you and these are discoveries i made i never read them from any book these are my personal discoveries. And I think that if I can get this message to Ted, get it across the world, this is why we are here. And this is what we should teach our children in their various homes, in schools, in communities, in sports events. You understand? So that's, that's me. I, I believe so much that, look, it's, uh, we're all here. We are here to live. And this is where I want to live. This is how I want to live. And this, that's what I teach the boys in our organizations. And, and, and you're doing that too. But also, um, before we end this great conversation, but talk about the work that you're doing with the girls too, because I know this is what we talked about behind the scenes of the work you're doing with the, with the young ladies. Talk about that. Yeah, you see, one of the things I, 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 I tell people is this. Uh, as much as we believe that women were suppressed before and after a little bit of the Third World War, I mean, Second World War, now they were suppressed because they were not allowed to be part of decision-making and all of that. 
but it has come of age that we have to realize that I've opened the opportunity for women in the past that has led to the neglect of the boy child. We need to balance the empowerment that we give to both genders. Now, for us at Beeman, we have the Soviet Right Initiative, which is a mathematics initiative for communities where both boys and girls will come and develop strength in mathematics because we believe mathematics is just the, the universal language yeah. you know every language speaks math you know? yeah. but the other of the world is in mathematical form so we bring the boys and girls together at a program like that which is community driven now what we do is we make sure that we strengthen both genders at this level and make them to understand how to relate, what is required from a girl and that of a boy. So at that point, we balance this equation of boys and girls mentoring. Because sometimes you can mentor the boy in absentia of the girl because they are still coming back to the girls so when you bring them together they understand relational skills what is expected of me as a duty what is expected i remember every time i was teaching the, i was teaching a class and i said look these are big boys and girls from 16 to 18 they and you know at that level you see that their imagination is highly expanding and they want to just express themselves. And I said, oh, how many years does it cost to raise a child? And what is the cost of raising a human being? The class was quiet. Mm. When I begin to tell them that it takes 20 years to raise a human being, then think of your actions now. Are you ready to be involved in the child life for the next 20 years to be available physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually? That is when you are ready for relationship. And, and, and that's so, so true. But also I do believe it does take a village to raise an adult too. Because sometimes what happens as, uh, as we get into our adulthood, we need the village just as much as children does. Because we're, yeah. we're in, a way, in a way we are connected to each other. You know, we grow depending on our circle around us. So I, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a mindset that never dies. It, 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 it's constantly revolving as, you, as we evolve as uh, human beings. And uh, and that's the one thing I don't want people to lose. Fact: as you get into adulthood, as you get older, you're 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 much in demand of community as much as a child. And like I said, it's important that child children has community, but also as when you get into you know adulthood, you know you you want that feeling of you know you know I I, I belong to something. Because all yeah. what happens is you have a lot of people that they feel like they're not belonging to something and or belonging to somewhere 
and they often get into that place where they're going to commit suicide. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you at that point. You see, what community is to us as adults has to be narrowed down to what it is to our children when they grow up. And this is bringing, when you say it takes a village to raise a child, it means everybody with good qualities has to make sure that you cultivate the child with your best quality in the society. You know, the value system, the great value system, those who preserve the values and those who preside over these values must ensure that we get this into our children. And the beauty of it is that we have we now have a global community and we still have the village community. The village communities is 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 now charged to understand that look, we need to put our children as our number one priority. And this takes me to a man or a dad. You see, there is no man that is born behaving wickedly yeah. or born to become abusive. The society must have hurt him for him to respond to the society that way. And there's no child born behaving responsibly too. He must have acquired some responsibility skills or must have seen some exemplary behaviors of responsibility that that, that takes it up from there. So that is what we demand from the society. And what is it? Whether it's a little brother and little sister. I came up with a definition for a boy child. And what is it? A male, a biological male child, a little brother that is immature, irresponsible, and lack a very good sense of judgment. So what is the work of the community? To take a child from the place of immaturity to maturity. Yeah. So this guy can draw moral conclusions. To take a child from the place of lack of reason to a point where I can make reasonable conclusions. To love a child as a little brother so that I can grow up to become a loving brother to the younger generation. It's, our task is very simple. If we take it out from that point of view. And that's what we will do. That's what we strive to do. But we need help. We need support. Some of my boys don't have food to eat. Sometimes at my most inconvenience, I deny my family for some of them to find food to eat. What we got to do is, you can't say you love somebody and the person is hungry and you say, I love you. No, it's, it's Jesus yeah. Christ at that moment is food. Yeah. He wants to eat. So they need books. They need clothing. I'll send you a little boy's uh, clip, a video, who I met at the filling station. I initially thought he was having a mental health challenge. <laughs> but when I interviewed before I ran there and I saw this guy was not so, 
I registered him in a music school. Even if you see right. his feet, today he can right. play piano. But he, he, right. if you see his hand, you, mm. you, you, you kind of think, how can, how is that possible? So we, got our, we, we went all our way to get clothes for him. Give him money to go to the center every week. That's love. I'm not here to amplify what I do. People can find out how we do it. And this is, this, this, that's the truth. So for the audience, for the audience listening, we will appreciate your kind generosity to support our work in Africa. And you can verify oh, this is legit. And 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 and, and it's amazing work. And um, um, before we wrap up, I know we said I said that before, but one talk about how the impact that uh, uh, Joshua. Backford and his father, Knox Daniel, has been on the work you're doing. And then also, how how can people support? Like, who's hearing this for the first time? How can people support? Yeah, for Joshua Beckford, uh, he's our ambassador. And, you know, I ran into his story in 2010, thereabouts, and uh, I've been friends with his father. And... In 2019, I sponsored their trip to Nigeria. And Joshua is having a project in Kaduna State, Nigeria, when he wants to build a school. Maybe you heard about that. Yes. The governors hosted us and treated us to. And he had a very great. And Joshua's visit to Nigeria, in fact, took the whole nation to a halt because people followed Joshua until he went back. If I remember how, when he left, the, the minister for Nigerians in diaspora, she had to send me a message that, oh, the presidency were waiting for Joshua. How come we didn't let him come? I said, I'm sorry, I never knew that there was a uh, kind of a plan of reception for him. Right. He said, we never thought he had gone back. So whenever he comes again, we always want to host Joshua. That's from the presidency. There was an award given to him by a state government, by a state governor. And his work is, is I think, his life and everything he said while he was in the mentoring program has really, really become like an example for young boys in Nigeria. Wow. Yeah. So, and we, we've been working together. I, I, I sincerely respect that young boy and uh, his, his large heartedness which is what uh, connects both of us together anyway. And yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, if if we haven't done anything with Joshua Beckford, it might not be something at all. So if Joshua Beckford can be the lead ambassador of B-Man, you know the face of B-Man there. That's, that's the, the face. He's, he's the one actually that I look forward to in the future that will be in the affairs of handling this B-Man stuff, you know. These are the generations we will hand over to, and he's willing. So talk about how you can help. We have a, you can go to our website, www.bmanadvocacy.org, go to the donating button support, and we have a giving away account where you can support any of our campaigns. Currently, we need 100 dictionaries, and 100 etymology dictionaries that will help children decode words 
and help their build their oral English language and all of that. We want to give them food when they come for this program because some of them are hungry. Some don't have food in. You know, we want musical equipment in a literacy center. In fact, I'm going to share a video with you maybe someday where you have these boys having a, a body percussion, you know. Yes. And now they can yeah, they do body percussions on a weekly basis. And well, we follow Richard Fuse from Austria. And he's, he's been very supportive to, to help us. And we have instructors from New Zealand, we are from Australia, we are from the US as well, we are from Greeks who take these kids on a weekly basis. We have been hot from the US too that is taking them quantum mechanics. Yeah. Wow. Take them quantum mechanics and understanding the, the future of quantum computing and how big that industry is going to be. So he's exposing these kids to all of this. So, these are people I just mentioned their name that you can just go and set up their work with us and all of that. So we are glad to have you join us as well. And we need projectors for the class. You know, so in every way we can help. You are welcome. No, thank you, man. I think one of my favorite rappers quotes what is that sticks to me forever is uh, all existence are interdependent. Absolutely. And no matter what, what, whatever country you live in or whatever you, you're, you're from, we're all connected somehow in some way. And if we can build that bridge to make the future a better uh, place for the next generation, then we did our job. Because at the end of the day, it's not about being a good person. It's about being a, 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 a great ancestor. And what are you doing to farther the next generation. And so that's the question I pose to everyone that listened to this amazing conversation. Ole, thank you for jumping on, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you're doing. Um, I know uh, down the road, I will be doing thank a you. lot of work with you guys in the future. But again, thank you, thank you. And before we end this show, uh, again, I promise the people, this is gonna be the last thing. What is the final word you want to let people know? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, the final word I'm still learning to is a one generation plant the tree. Another generation, they eat from the tree. So, what tree are you planting now that the next generation can benefit from? I like that. And we're going to end off with that. Thank you again. People, please like, subscribe. All the amazing description links will be below. So if you want to support Ole and what he's doing, it will be there. Please support because they need your support. Because, again, it goes back to the question, what tree are you planting? So I'm going to end that with that question. And we're out. Peace. So for you, yeah, yeah.
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I'm behind you But always got you End of discussion Nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all Give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them Along with my crown And since the baton was passed I've been down Cause failing's not an option And dad is not a noun Not at all My message to any dad, man First off, know that yeah It, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out If it didn't have purpose before Now it has purpose It's the most important thing you'll ever do Just be a dad.